If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. When she would come home from work, I wanted to build a Rube Goldberg machine that would trigger when she opens the door to hit a ball that does something else, while the end goal would be to lift up a sign that said, Happy Valentine's Day, or something along the lines of that. (laughs) Valentine's Day celebrations this year present some unprecedented challenges. As we all try to stay safe and healthy, how can we celebrate the important people in our lives creatively? One possibility is to explore creativity from a maker perspective. In 2018, I had the honor of conducting a panel in a magical artist space. We called the panel My Techie Valentine, and we spent around 30 minutes exploring the ways both kids and big kids can be creative for Valentine's Day. My three panel guests, maker, steam enthusiast, and educator Mitchell Malpartita. Mitchell is the founder of Masterful Creation Steam Academy, Playwell Technologies Los Angeles Area Manager Michael Luong, and James Castellanos, who is Playwell Technologies' all-time most requested instructor. In case Playwell Technologies is a new name for you, as it was for me at the time, they're a really cool organization which teaches engineering skills to kids kindergarten through eighth grade by having them build amazing things with Legos. They also have parties with Legos, both for kids and big kids. With the pandemic, they have some pretty exciting virtual opportunities as well. This was a lot of fun. Before we get going on technology and Valentines, let's identify a term that I've been using in relation to this panel, which is STEAM. What does STEAM mean? in relation to what you do. Michael? Sure. So it stands for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Ooh, it's a mouthful there. And yeah, it's really just a way to identify some of the science points that we want to drive home to kids. We want, we want to introduce them to science, and technology, engineering, math, and then also art. Let them express themselves through their engineering creations as well. And at Playable Technologies, we help them build projects, learn about engineering, and let them also express themselves and learn some cool stuff on the way. James, what are some of the ways using STEAM, as he's just defined it, to get kids that are artists, primarily artists, interested in math and science, whereas if you just said, let's do math and science, they'd probably run for the door. Yeah, I think like Michael was saying, this is a great way for them to express themselves. And when we come into the classroom, people want to express themselves differently. The more mechanical individuals, people that are thinking, they're artists too. Their their art is a m- more mechanical art and that's what they want to express. They want to build a machine for you that works so perfectly and that's their art. That's their craft. Other people, they want to focus on the color and the aesthetic and their build is going to be something that complements the you know the overall build in that way and whatever that is we want to bring that out in our classrooms and you do some very cool things with that speaking of cool things Mitchell what about steam is most magical for you I understand that you teach technology classes and you also teach stem classes what do you do to interest kids in steam So what I do is I've actually taught from kindergarten all the way to college level and as well as uh, other educators. And what I focus on is developing the story, right? So let's take technology out of the equation for a second. 
and look at what the mind wants to create, right? And with that, now let's bring the technology back little by little in steps and put it all together to deliver that story. Before we get to storytelling for Valentine's Day and creating cool stuff, I'd like to know how STEAM and technology became magical for each of you. Oh, <laughs> that's a challenging question. I mean, you know, for me, I'll say actually it was because of, because of this job, Playable Technologies, I was studying to be a teacher. I was, I was pursuing my teacher credential, and I saw this really cool part-time job. At the time, it was a part-time job, just teaching engineering to kids with Lego, and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. I like, I like stacking bricks. Why not? And through Playable Technologies, it introduced me personally to just so much cool stuff, not only on the engineering front, but on the creative front, and be able to express, it's, it's a silly thing to say, but being able to express yourself through plastic. Like, it, it's just this kind of crazy world that I became a part of. And the people at Playable Technologies have been just super, they're super creative, you know, excuse the term, a geeky kind of group of people too. Mm -hmm. And that kind of brought out the the creativity or geeky creativity inside of me that I just kind of buried deep down until that point. So that's kind of how that got to me. <laughs> I don't think expressing yourself through no. plastic is foolish or silly at all. I think it's great. How about for you, James? You know what? When I was a kid, I used to have <laughs> like build big dreams as a kid. I remember being with my next door neighbor. Yeah, let's build a robot. And like, yeah, let's do it. But we kind of don't know where to go from this, where, with this. And it was a great idea. And I didn't have a whole lot of support early on growing up which is why I like doing what I do. But I didn't have a whole lot of support growing up in really bringing out those passions that I had. And I, I guess it's like Michael. I grew up later on life, you know, pursuing other paths and was brought into this job. And I, I'm, I'm more of an art person. I love creating stuff. And this job helped me realize how much, how passionate I was about engineering before before and it's I mean working here for the last you know, going on oh. six seven years um, eight hundred years <laughs> <laughs> um, has made me passionate about teaching engineering how spreading that and and not only to my son to to the kids that come my way my classes yeah that's fun that you came in as an art person yeah. how about for you Mitchell it's definitely a challenging question because there's so much to go into but. Just to go briefly into it, just as James mentioned, you know, when I was young, and I think as most kids, and us as kids, you give us a box and it becomes a rocket ship. It becomes a robot. It becomes anything, right? So when I was young, I, I loved taking things apart and just not being able to put it back together, but taking it apart was great. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, just like James mentioned, you know, I wasn't supported in terms of taking things apart but I learned to start putting things back together a little bit and then what happens and I think what happens with a lot of children nowadays is that you kind of get out of being a maker right and you start to go into you go into school and you start looking at career and that's kind of what I went to right so I went to like all career oriented and it was all about you know pursuing a profession Right, and leaving that. And what brought me back into making and, and to teaching was my daughter, or my daughter's now, and soon to be son in a couple of weeks. And uh, so my oldest daughter, she's eight, uh, when she was in kindergarten, 
I wanted to do something for her and her class that would be really cool. And so I was looking for STEM-related products, and I found this product called Little Bits. And, and I had Legos, right, as we, most of us do. And I combined the two together, and I made a little dancing robot and brought it to the class. And as soon as I saw their minds explode with this simple dancing robot, I had to do more. As much fun as a dancing robot sounded for your Valentine, that was just the beginning of the ideas we were exploring for Valentine's Day that afternoon. Let's talk about what are some of the coolest projects you can come up with for Valentine's Day. Let's say that we have somebody in the audience who might maybe like, oh, I don't know, maybe Star Wars (laughs) or space or something like that. And someone that's a mom who might like to come up with some Valentine's. What would be something that you might like to make for someone like that for Valentine's Day? (laughs) Okay, thanks. So uh, one of the things that I do is I, I like to look at things and just break them down into basic components, right? So in James's example about building a robot and not knowing where to start, so if the interest was in robots and the theme is Valentine's Day, right? Now you put those two things together, it's like, okay, I want to make a Valentine's Day robot that, that talks or sings to you, right? Sings a love song or, or, or um, maybe dispenses candy or, you know, something like that or yeah. something cute, right? But it, see, it's not, you notice it wasn't really about the technology, right? We already identified that. It was about what is that story I'm trying to tell? And this is a Valentine's themed robot that is sharing the love. Cool. I love that idea. I would think that probably dispensing candy for somebody seven might be something a little bit more of interest than singing a love song, but I don't really know. How about it, James? What would you come up with? Uh, how about this? Uh, so a Valentine's Day themed class would probably look, give them, I'm, I'm glad I met this man, incorporating story into your classroom so crucial because yes, I can give them something. For instance, I'm going to talk about a conveyor belt right now. Yes, I can tell them how to build a conveyor belt, and that's fine. They build a conveyor belt. What's it to you? But I can tell them to we're going to build a factory that's going to help share love throughout a certain thing. You know, maybe Cupid is his love factory, which he uses to spread the love around during Valentine's Day. It's broken. We need to fix it. I'm going to show you how to build a conveyor belt, and we're going to send those love. Maybe we're going to build little hearts, and we're going to build the conveyor belts to send that love down. And uh, those are the kind of things that I like to do in my class and how we can spread the love. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure, just to kind of piggyback on what James is talking about, in, in a lot of our classes leading up to Valentine's Day, the kids will request, hey, can we do a Valentine's Day theme or can we do something related to it? And sometimes the kids will want to generate their own stories. Like, well, can we deliver letters using a, you know, a gear car to like, you know, or can we do a color sorting? We have a, a robotic project that can sort colors like with a claw, and they'll they'll ask, well, can we sort M and M's? Like, yeah, but we can't eat the M and M's afterwards because they've been through Lego, so it's probably not sanitary. But we can sort the M and M's, so it's a cool Valentine's Day project like that. Sometimes like, the kids come up with their own thing, and which is really cool too. <laughs> what are some of the cool things they've come up with? Oh gosh, the again one one project. I did with a robotics with Lego class we did was, again, they wanted to, I guess because their teacher had given them those little fun size M&Ms or whatever, those colored candies, and they're like, oh, can we do a color sorting uh, conveyor belt? I was like, sure, yeah, that's awesome. We'll put a color sensor over the conveyor belt. If it sees uh, a red or a pink one, cool, it'll put it in this basket. If it sees another color, it'll put it in this basket. That's a really fun one. We do a, what's called love bugs, so there's little bugs that couples can kind of ride on and kind of go, you know, Going on the little adventures. <laughs> How much fun is that? Yeah. That sounds so fun. 
Let's talk a little bit about the big kids, too. Suppose the, quote, big kids listening, and I've never grown up. Let's hope that nobody else ever does either. (laughs) That's where the love songs come in, right there. Is that? (laughs) There it is. That's the age, right? Yeah. (laughs) What do we have for the big kids in the way of Valentine experiences? Let's just say we're going to take somebody on a date. It doesn't have to be your significant other. It can be your mom. It can be a cousin favorite friend, you can even come up with something special for a special teacher. What would be something you'd come up with STEAM-related for that? I'm going to start with you this time, Mitchell. Okay, thank you. So something that I discovered from just researching and seeing all the great makers out there is thermoplastic. And what's cool about thermoplastic is that when it's heated, it becomes pliable like clay. And as soon as it cools, it's hard as plastic. And so uh, one of the things that I've done with that is I've handcrafted flowers with embedded LEDs and running off of a coin battery. And that's a nice little simple gift. And it's highly personal. How cool. Where can people find patterns and things for that? Or do you have them on your website? Well, I, I just Google images of flowers. And, and I kind of just go by that and figuring out, again, deconstructing what's making that flower, how many petals do I see for a particular rose or a tulip, et cetera, and then doing everything you know, by hand one at a time. So it's a lot, just as with everything else, it's a lot of observation and research. You don't actually necessarily need a tutorial, just look at the world around you. And that seems to be what it's all about. Anyway, on the subject of things for big kids, James, what would you for come up big with? big kids. Um, am I talking about a date idea? <laughs> well, it can be any kind. It can be a date with dad, for example. Take well, my dad out someplace. It can well, be. actually, I was thinking about something for my wife. Uh, this, I hope she's not listening because this is actually an idea that I had from a while back. When she would come home from work, I wanted to build a Rube Goldberg machine that would trigger when she opens the door. (laughs) And it would say something like, well, and it could say Happy Valentine's Day. I was thinking more for my anniversary, but this can apply for (laughs) Valentine's Day. But it would be, um, that would trigger once you open the door. And a a Rube Goldberg machine, if anyone doesn't know, it's like a a chain reaction machine. So one thing will trigger another thing. If you could think of the the whole dominoes, the domino effect, one knocking over the other to to hit a ball that does something else. Well, the end goal would be to lift up a sign that said, happy anniversary or happy valentine's day or something along the lines of that and yes i hope my wife is not listening because it won't be a surprise and (laughs) please cover your ears mrs james castellanos (laughs) i think james needs a backup plan (laughs) we won't talk about what the backup plan is just in case you just heard that that is a cool idea how about you michael you know actually james stole my idea the the rube gold machine is is a great example of integrating uh, something mechanical or engineering based with giving older kids the chance of being creative and expressing themselves because as i find that as kids get older they get a little bit more jaded about the whole idea of valentine's day and they're like uh, whatever but if you give them a task to build around it and let them express themselves it becomes something kind of more real and more approachable for them so yeah james totally took my idea <laughs> we won't hold it against yeah, him now <laughs> let's pretend that we have something that lego has been doing recently by the way we are not in any way shape or form affiliated with lego here Thank you, they did not endorse this broadcast <laughs> they did not authorize this broadcast we just think they're very cool as are little bits but if they want to sponsor in the future yeah, i'm sure be... you just reach out to <laughs> i would gladly take the sponsorship no. <laughs> yeah. but what Lego's if we awesome. have something that's on your website right now and let's combine that Mitchell, with what you were just saying, what if we had a million Legos 
And we're going to combine that with little bits. What's a very cool project we can come up with for Valentine's Day? Oh, well, as soon as you introduce Legos and little bits, now you have you know, the recipe for success for anything you're trying to do. <laughs> they really work well together. In regards to even what James's idea was, like that whole system of um, conveyor belt with, with that storytelling of your job is to fix it or to add on to that, you know, as part of the Rube Goldberg and combining all the ideas where, you know, your loved one or someone comes in Right? Triggers a motion sensor, which then triggers something to an apple to drop off into a bowl. And that bowl now weighs a certain amount that triggers a, a pressure sensor underneath it to run a series of lights and LEDs that run all the way down to this conveyor belt that now activates and gears turning, everything's moving, and candy's being delivered, and then ultimately a music sound or something comes up and voila, now you have this, this awesome experience for Valentine's Day. James, what would be something you'd build right now other than that wonderful Rube Goldberg Dude, machine with them? I'm going to pass this over to Michael. I'm still trying to think of this. The hard question. Um, you know, a, a music box would be a great idea, something that you could do too, something yes. where open it up, and not only does it play music, but maybe has a spinning creation, a little minifigure might be kind of cute too, something like that. Um, likewise, I had, a, I had one student, they, they didn't use little bits, but they used the Lego, just make a Lego kind of snow globe too, which is really, yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought of that project, so it was a really creative fourth grader at, um, I forget what school it was, but anyway, they, those are some great ideas as well. Mitchell's dancing robot yeah. would look great and, uh, in that snow globe. <laughs> yeah, he came out to two versions. The first version, he just responded to sound and just kind of like shook his body. And the second version, he actually was able to talk and he did impersonations of other robotic characters like Baymax <laughs> oh, and Adalek and from Doctor Who, yes. and, you know, How fun stuff. How awesome is that? When do you think, James, would you like to comment on building a million Legos? Oh, I'm, I'm still trying to think. I'm trying to blank. That's okay. I did not mean to put you on the no, spot here. No, 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 no. I don't know. You all know. I'm going to ask. Hey, I'm going to like interrupt you in like a few minutes. Go away. I got an idea. You may certainly interrupt <laughs> me. But I do want to ask you about resources. Mitchell, you've already talked about two of your favorite resources, the plastic where you make the flowers. I'm sorry. The name is currently eluding me. And then the little bits. What are some others you'd recommend to makers? So I think really what it boils down to, there are tons of resources out there and websites. Um, but I think what it boils down to is the greatest resource that we all have is our minds, right? Mm -hmm. Because our minds have the capability of creating things that don't exist yet. Mm -hmm. And I say yet because it all starts with an idea, right? And it's taking that idea and manifesting it in the real world. And that's one of the things that, that I try and focus on with my students of all ages is, is how to, to take that and remove the intimidation factor of of technology, of the, the tools and the materials, and again, taking that idea and then breaking it down into parts that you can actually build and come up with your story. I'd love to hear some more about losing that intimidation factor after we get a couple of more resources here. Michael, besides the Legos, what's another favorite for you with maker stuff? Oh, goodness. I mean, the, the great thing about making anything is that everything is a resource. It's, it's, I'm not sure how related this is, but for training for our instructors, one thing we do is we give them a, an everyday object, like a, a bottle of water or a pen, and have them figure out a way to integrate into a Lego project. So they make a grabber to grab a pen. I don't know if James remembers this, but way back two years ago, I gave him a can of Coke 
to roll up a ramp and to still figure out a way to get up there. And so there's a lot of ways to integrate everyday objects into the things you're making, which is really cool. Yeah, and then the, the nice thing about Lego too is that there's so many online resources where people just display what they've made. And it, sometimes it's Lego, sometimes it's Lego mixed with other devices or other things. And it's just, it's a fantastic, fantastic kind of Lego maker community. Let's name one or two of those online resources oh, goodness now. Goodness gracious, I, I wish I had. You know, yeah. I... Instructables is, is yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's one I'm familiar with. Oh, I, know, I know there's another one, darned if I'm not freezing on it. I'll have to get, okay. I'm sure I'll think of it now. Well, even sure. make, like make or share. I mean, yeah, the, the whole right. make community, you can just start on that website and that kind of takes you along the path. Right. But then you'll get into like sites like Add a Fruit, right? Which has some great tutorials, good online content there. Even like uh, the various products that we've mentioned have their own. Yeah, resources. sure. They have their Lego own kind of resources. Their own STEM related uh, courseware and, and online tutorials, little bits. You go to their website, they have tons of stuff. Just all these other ones like Anki, they have Cosmo Robot, which is a great. Great gadget that I, that I've been playing a lot with, Meccano, who's like been in the maker space since before I was even born. Haven't heard right? of, haven't heard about Meccano in Meccano, years. Meccano, yeah, this just construction. I mean, yeah. if you're into construction, that's that's one of the things to do. Wonder Workshop has a product called Dash and Dot, and they're like these little Cyclops robots. They're they're more durable than some of these other products, so it's great for the younger minds to work with and they have Lego attachments, right? <laughs> uh, who doesn't have that nowadays? Right. But, um, now, nowadays. That's like a standard, right? Lego plus whatever yeah, is wonderful, right? right? That's yeah. kind of where, where yeah. we're at. So yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure between the three of us we can think of like a dozen or so more resources when we're under less pressure. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's me, the pressure lady. There you go. We can get to that later on too. And by the way, Meccano blew me away because you told me about this before the panel. I was looking up. They're the folks who made the Erector sets. They date back right. to the 1890s. Wow, it's crazy, right? That's insane. <laughs> James, what are some of your absolute favorite resources besides the ones we've talked about? The Meccano and the Instructables.com, the Adafruit things of that nature um ooh, i'm trying to think oh go khan academy honestly oh yeah yes mm-hmm. love khan academy K-H-A-N. you're not familiar with khan academy no, khan academy is a great resource for just learning anything just the basics from whatever programming to whatever it is you have brilliant minds behind that who wanted to offer a way to get free education to people and this is a great way and you have people learning lessons that just have great achievements to keep you motivated to learning. They kind of map out what you've learned in the past, do assessments on on what you're lacking as far as like math and science and things like that. And it's stuff that, you know, maybe I, I learned once and I forgot and it's, it's, it's all coming back to me. And it's a great resource that I'm planning to use with my son, definitely for brushing up on those math and sciences. Khanacademy.org, if I remember correctly. Khan Academy. Oh, uh, if you Google Khan Academy, you should be able to find it, yeah. What kind of achievements do they offer if you have your I son I mean, just their little, like, badges that said you've completed something or, uh, you know, which kind of correlate with <clears throat> something you would see in, like, video games. Video games do a lot of that. Little achievements. They don't mean anything, but they're little achievements that you feel accomplished once you're done. But instead of doing it in the video games, the world, you're doing it in a, in a sense that you're, you know, you're bettering your education. 
Think of it as a gold star. I mean, gold yeah. stars, what do those gold mean? Gold star, yeah. yeah. What those well, these things mean something they, to people. Okay? <laughs> I, I love those little icons, these little badges. I, it's a, I've kept I'm every gold star from elementary school just somehow, yes. James. They're still on my binder. All four of them. And all four, exactly, all Guys, four I've of them. I've got a gold no, star but you, you bring up a good point, and, and it's really the gamification of subject matter, yes. right? And, and that's, you know, if you think about it, too, just childhood play. Right, and even in the animal kingdom, play is education. Right, animals play because they're learning survival skills. Right, and we play because we're learning how to manipulate the world around us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to so that lends itself directly to to online and digital learnings. And that's such a great point too, is play preparing us for real life as opposed to sometimes I've heard a criticism with which I don't agree at all. People look at Legos and say, oh, kids aren't going to be creative if you give them boxes of bricks or maybe if you give them an erector set or whatever, Meccano or any of the robots. What's your answer? Well, I mean, it's just, uh, and I think Michael, right? Yeah, Michael, let's go. So as Michael mentioned, you know, about plastics and bricks and just you give a kid anything and it's a resource right and so the erector sets the you know any legos little bits all these other things this water bottle it's all a resource to play with and and to build with and to do stuff with so they yeah so in regards to and even along the lines of like video games are bad kind of mm-hmm. thing right mm-hmm. well i mean that teaches hand-eye coordination which yeah. surgeons are using to train themselves in doing delicate operations, and, and my four-year-old knows how to play Overwatch. So, I mean, that's kind of crazy <laughs> that she can handle two thumbsticks, you know? Wow. And so, and, but that's the kind of stuff where it's like you need to give them that exposure to different things and let them come up with something and think outside the box or inside the box or anywhere in between. You were talking before about the intimidation factor, and I'd love to address that as teachers, all of you. How do you get around that, especially when you're working with girls who maybe are going, oh, science, math, yike. How do you make it special? And let's put that in a Valentine's Day theme. What would you do? Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) We can't decide who's going to go. Okay. Well, I have three daughters, four, six, and eight. And so, obviously, I, my background is in technology, and, and so I wanted to expose them to you know, as many concepts as possible related to that. And so I'll, I'll give them video games, I'll give them tech toys, and we'll build stuff, and, and we're just gonna make, right? And so the intimidation factor to remove that is one is through exposure, right? So when you get used to something, used to seeing it, it's less scary. Right? Mm-hmm. Just think about the monster under the bed, right? You know, he's there for a little while and then he goes away and maybe he comes back. I don't know. Though you make friends with him, right? It's that same concept that you start being more exposed to it and exposed to your fears, you start to overcome them. And so that's the first part of it. And the second part is to be able, able to understand what is it about that, that intimidation or what is it about that tech that is the intimidating part and then to deconstruct it. And you, you hear me saying deconstruct a lot, and I'm very <laughs> analytical. And uh, you know that, that's what you have to do. And one of the examples that I use in classrooms is really simple. When I'm teaching about electronics and circuit design, I use the example of everyday objects, right? So a flashlight. Can you tell me, Dot, what are the components of a flashlight? All I can tell you is that we've got the lens, and we've got the small bulb, and we have the battery. We have some wires inside. And that's probably it. My husband would probably be a whole lot better at telling you the components. Well, you, 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 there was one more thing. How do you control the power from the battery to the light? Turn it on. Click. Right, via a switch. switch. So you just described 
how to build a flashlight. Right? Wow. Have you ever built a flashlight before? No. You just did in your mind. <laughs> I'd love you that. You just did. There you go. That's what a great demo. If there was a, a bigger yeah. audience, I would say a round of applause and hear, woo. But, um, but yeah, it's just like that, right? Deconstru- <laughs> deconstructing. You may throw some chocolates now, folks. <laughs> so deconstructing something and then, you know, and, and putting it piece by piece mentally first and then actually doing it. So. What a great illustration. Yeah, That's mind blowing. James, what do you do after you've gotten around the intimidation factor you've deconstructed? And I understand Lego has a class for girls specifically. Yeah, we we do have a, a class specifically for girls um, to take them out of that element of intimidation. Because going into a classroom, sometimes it can feel like a boys' club. And I, I'm sh- that's not only our classrooms. I'm sure going into the engineering field is going into a boys' club, and people do feel a, feel intimidated about that. And not only that, when working with a group of boys, it's easy for the kids in my class to say, all right, we're going to work as a group. I want you, you girl, you're going to be the one who grabs us the parts. And they're going to give them a, a more trivial job to do. And if I see that in my class, no, I don't want that to be the experience. I want her to be building as well. I want her to be in part of the crucial components of of the build so that there is a real shared of accomplishment there and trying to break away from that away from that boys club i know there's more stuff at all at michael oh, yeah. go ahead yeah i was just gonna say one of the kind of to piggyback on the girl parrot engineering lego class that we teach one of the the cool things and one of the ways that we try to combat the intimidation is that for those particular classes we always make sure to have a, a female instructor and it's amazing how just that one hour, we, we don't change the curriculum that much. Maybe the storylines might change depending on what the, the girls in the class or the boys in that classroom that, that matter are interested in. But really just having an instructor who the girls can look and go, hey, that's a girl teaching the class too, just like me. It, it's amazing how that alone can get a, a student to just go, oh, cool, I can do this too. That's awesome. They need that role model. Yeah, they do. Need, it, it is like having a role model in there for them. Uh, having someone that looks like you makes the difference. Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing I like to do with girls who are coming into my class and feel like I don't know how to engineer, maybe their parents brought them into our classes, they didn't really have an interest in them. I like to take something that they're familiar with, like you were saying, something that they love and trying to replicate that. And for instance, uh, let me think, I had a, I had a girl who was talking about before she was going into the class, she was talking about the day before, and they went shopping, and they were having so much fun. And it was a girl that I like to check in with because she's a little intimidated. She doesn't want to really be in a part of the class, but I, I try to, you know, bring that connection. But she was talking about something, a wonderful experience that she had the previous day. And so trying to replicate that in our class, and just like, all right, what did you see? And, well, the shopping was, well, they had these elevators I'm like, let's build an elevator and like let's let's take the things that you loved and let's try to apply engineering to that rather than me saying you go build a tank and you go yeah. you know you go do this something that you don't have any connection to you're bringing that out bringing that passion from within and taking it relating it to her relating world to, yes. Mitchell what are your three daughters building right now that you're teaching them that relates to their world well they they love the work that I do with animatronics and taking ordinary objects and then bringing them to life and so it's funny my first my oldest she started to do this she started to do like hand puppets just 
you know, just with her hands, and, and she came up with a character, and it's, it's a male character that she came up with, with the name Carol. So she'll do like a hand gesture and just like, hey, how's it going? It's me, Carol. And she'll do it just like that. And I didn't teach her that specifically, but she sees all the things that I do, and I do a lot of, you know, part of the, the play, right? The entertainment part to, to get subject matter across to students and others. It's more fun to learn, right, when, when you're being engaged. And so I'll do things like that, too, with, and I'll just grab, you know, a, a sock, right? A symbol the sock, and I'll just make it into a puppet or a snake or a monster and use different voices and stuff. And so she's starting to do that. And because she's doing that, the other two are starting to do that. <laughs> and, and so what we'll do is we'll, we'll play music, and we'll try and lip sync with our hand puppets to that. Because... The project that we're going to do today, after the, our workshop today, is going to be an animatronic. And it's a simple anima, it's a very simple circuit, but there's a lot of character to it. And because I was practicing building that and doing that, the kids just started to emulate that. So they, they tend to build based on what's around them, right? And so a lot of times, and James, you were talking about like not wanting to do something, right? Kids are kids. So... You know, if you put them somewhere and they don't want to play with Lego, it's going to be tough, right? So what I do in those kind of situations is I play with Lego. And sure enough, five minutes later, I got kids around me. Oh, oh use this brick. Use this color. <laughs> use this. You know, and then they take over. And that's great. That's exactly what you want. And, th- and that applies to just about everything, right? So you know even like basic skills like just cooking right so if you're cooking in front of the kids and just like look like you're having fun they want to they want to do it (laughs) they want to do it yeah yeah so it's definitely that that's that's the the technique that i use what a great way to inspire kids i love that before we have to wrap up i did want to ask you michael i know you're the birthday party coordinator for lego what if we were to plan a valentine themed party using what we know here and using some of the resources we've talked about (laughs) yeah it's funny you asked me this question because just just before we we got on the podcast, James gave me a call this morning, and we were talking about all right. So, what are some of the things we've done for Valentine's Day workshops before? And we just started listing off some a lot of a lot of times. Our parents will request ideas sometimes, so that it was just really awesome. Um, one of the things that we've done again, and the the cool thing about Lego is that you can take any project and give it a Valentine's Day spin. Again, we have a merry-go-round project, but we can make it into a music box or sort of a uh, dancing character box. Other times we've done kind of cute little mail carriers where we're delivering Valentines using a motorized car. So really the possibilities are endless. And sometimes it's about asking the the people you're doing the party for, what you know, what is your child into? Like, what are they interested in? Kind of shifting. And it's cool as um, teachers for Playwell being able to come up with a storyline with a parent because a lot sometimes a lot of the parents are just as into coming up with ideas as you are, and it's it's really fun. <laughs> I've loved some of the ideas I've heard from you today from all three of you. What if we came right down to the wire? Oh. Suddenly it's February twelfth. And we haven't had any time to prepare anything for Valentine's Day. And I'm going to start with you, James. Just go right down the line. What can we come up with suddenly, with Legos, with any other kind of resource that involves technology that would be fun for kids of just about any age, including the big ones? Okay. I got to think. 
putting him on the spot. Am I being it's about, to you today? <laughs> You're about, being intimidating to me. No, not at all. You're making him give away all his um, ums. <laughs> so we're right on the, we're right two days before Valentine's Day. Yes. And this is for kids. It can, let's do kids and then let's do it for big kids if we can. Or big kids? Yes. Oh, um, big kids. What are the resources that we have? Um, I like to do, um, I like to do anything robotic or like the NXT, the EV3, the programming stuff that we get to do with it. So <laughs> getting to program it to, I love factories. I'm getting to build a factory, like I said, yeah. is uh, is one of the things that I would like to do. I can that would be my like go to thing. Valentine's Day factory. That's a pretty good Valentine's idea. I like it. So anyone wants a factory? Anyway, yes. Go. Look at me. I'm gonna I'm gonna build that love factory. I love that idea. How about you, Mitchell? Wait, hang on. Wait, I gotta I gotta do this. You love building love machines. <laughs> we build a love machine. Love machine. Uh-oh. Yeah, you gotta say it like that. Love, love machine. Love machine. So, uh, let's see. Where are we? We have two days left till Valentine's Day. <laughs> Don't scare me. Two days. Me. And oh, we, okay. we can't build a love machine right. for whatever CBS reason. CVS is out of the question, right? Yes. So, okay, no what, CBS. what are we going to build with very little time and very little resources? Very little okay. Let's see. Um, I'm gonna, first, I'm going to pick an age group. Mm-hmm. Right, because you can play anything there. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say, let's see, I'll take uh, eight-year-old group. Okay. Okay. All right. So what's popular with eight-year-olds? I don't know. There's probably a lot of things, but for my my eight-year-old, she likes she likes some of these trendy video games that are out there. Like there's one that's it's basically a horror type game. It's called Bendy and the Ink Machine. I know, and you're thinking, Bendy and the Ink Machine, horror game. The style of that game is 1920s cartoon style, and that's exactly what we're going to build. Not Bendy, but that style of, mm-hmm. of cartoon. So based on that, I'm going to take, I'm going to build a character from Bendy and the Ink Machine and make it Valentine's themed, right? So one character that comes to mind, it's a female character, she's a singer, and it's Alice Angel, right? So she looks like a 1920s cartoon thing, like, Kind of, kind of like Betty Boopish a little bit, but with devil horns and a halo, and then she sings. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build that. Now, what am I going to build that with? All right, this is great. Let's think about this for a second. Now, I can go to my go-to thermoplastic, right? Easy to do. Or I can do it with just crafting foam, right? Something that is accessible to just about anybody, right? And remember, we're talking about eight-year-olds. So crafting foam, scissors, glue, because it's in that 1920s style, black and white, right? And we'll use red to make it pop. And so that's what I'm gonna build. It's gonna build this type of character. If I had to incorporate technology, I just gave you the creative idea. Now to incorporate the technology part, I would use little bits and they have an MP3 player bit, so I can sample some of the music that she sings from the game. I can sample that, and and I can add in, let's say I can add in a, uh, a button, motion sensor, I even have it Bluetooth controlled to actually activate the singing. So that's the core of the project. And then based on what customizations that we want to do, or my QA department, my three daughters, <laughs> will determine the final, final outcome. So they'll be your quality control, your best critics, your testers. They, they are. I ask them, I ask them everything. I ask, say, is this cool? Yes, no. They'll say no. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll go build it anyway. But then, <laughs> no, in most cases, they're, they're pretty on point. That's great. Michael, James, and Mitchell, thank you for your time today. Thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Thank you for listening to our Over Coffee Valentine's Day Special Edition podcast. 
you and I have been listening to educator, maker, and STEAM enthusiast Mitchell Malpartita, who is the founder of Masterful Creation STEAM Academy, and to Playwell Technologies Los Angeles Area Manager Michael Luong, and all-time most requested Playwell Technologies instructor James Castellanos. Check out their links. For Masterful Creation STEAM Academy, it's masterfulcreations.com. That's masterfulcreations.com. When you go there, take a look at what Mitchell and crew are doing in response to the pandemic. If you're a maker who can sew or has a 3D printer at your disposal, they would love to have your help. Also, check out Playwell Technologies virtual offerings at play-well.org. That's play-well.org. They offer both courses and special events throughout the year, and starting in March, their virtual courses include Minecraft Adventures using Lego, STEM Fundamentals, and their PlayWell online camp with Lego materials. Meanwhile, be safe, be well, stay creative, and have a happy Valentine's Day. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.